Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, gracious Lord, thank you for giving us this time that you may continue to allow us to learn more on your word, Lord, that we may be able to understand you better, that we may be able to grow closer in faith, Lord, and that we will grow closer to you, Lord. We pray that you look after us, Lord, and that you give us our open heart and open ears, that we may be able to listen to your word, Lord, and further glorify your name. We pray that you will watch over us, that we may that for the people who are coming, that they will continue to come, and for the people who aren't here, that they will listen to the podcast, Lord. For your teaching is most valuable to us. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, and we'll read through once again uh, John chapter 7, verses 14 to 31. And today we're going to continue on with verses uh, 17 and 18 uh, of Jesus' reply. So let's read together, first of all, John chapter 7, verses 14 to 31. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning when, has he, when he has never, learned, has never studied? So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, you will know whether the teaching is from God whether I'm speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did, not, I did one work, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision, so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge my appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this man uh, is not this the man whom they seek to kill? And here he is speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? But we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, You know me, and you know where I come from. But I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. So they went. Seek, uh, they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? So let us be together again, uh, verses 17 and 18 together, and we shall look at these two verses today. If anyone's will is to do God's will, you will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. The one who seeks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. So as we start off with these two verses, uh, we start to see in verse 17 something that is rather interesting. In fact, something that most people today dare not to even think about. Now, in verse 17, it almost suggests that we have the rights to judge Christ, or at least what he has spoken. And indeed, this is the case that is proven true. 
In fact, if we were to look further down in verse 24, it says, Do not judge by appearance, but judge with right judgment. Now, this contradicts with many of the modern beliefs today that we shall not judge anything by any means. But indeed, what Christ has suggested here is that we are supposed to evaluate everything. In fact, in this very case, Christ has suggested that we evaluate what he has spoken, what he is teaching to us here today. Now, the claims that is made by Christ, of course, they are true. But yet, Christ nonetheless tells us to evaluate them. In fact, he gives us a standard to evaluate them by. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will. No whether the teaching is from God, whether I am speaking of my, on my own, uh, own authority. It's allowed for one to inquire, especially when it is regarding the concern of the doctrines of Christ everything that he has spoken about, whether it is true or not. And most importantly, and most specifically, it is the gospel itself. Is the gospel, or does the gospel have divine origin or the importance of the gospel in itself? How do we know that the gospel is true? In fact, how does man know that Christianity is true? See, this is a question that many people in this world has asked, especially Christians. How can believe what I believe is true. There's so many world religions out there, but why Christianity holds true? This is the very first thing that Christ comes to tell us, if anyone wills, is to do God's will. Now, before we even go there, I think it's good to first of all recognize that questioning, that inquiry for us as Christians. You know, many of times, cults do not encourage you to think. Most cults, in fact, denies questioning the church or the authority or the head. But instead, true Christian religion, the true religion encourages you to question and to think for yourself. But it cannot deviate from one purpose and one great purpose. It must be from doing, from the perspective of one thing, to do the will of God. If anyone wills, if anyone wants, to do God's will, he will know. He will eventually know. Now, this itself sets Christianity apart from many world religions out there, out there. Most world religions always look inwardly. In fact, all world religion looks inwardly. Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism, major religion out there in the world, always seek for their inner peace. It's always seeking inwardly. How can I be a better person? How can I receive inner peace? How can I have a better future? In fact, so much so that even in the Christian church today, many people have fallen into this sin. How can I do better in my workplace? And that's how we get our prosperity gospel. How can I, how can I live a better health? We also have those forms of questioning. But true religion, true gospel, the understanding is to look beyond the inner self and to look at God himself. Every action that we do, every single thing that we say, every theology that we believe, what is the purpose and what is the concern? The greatest concern that we must have as Christian and we should have as Christian is to want to do the will of God himself. That we look upon God that when we talk about his teaching, when we talk about his doctrine, when we look at Christ's death, 
even when we look at our own salvation, do we look at God? How do we do that? That's the question. When we talk about salvation, most of the time what comes to our mind is that we get saved. I am saved. But do we see the underlying purpose behind our salvation? Do we see the underlying aspect of our worship towards God? That our salvation is a form of glory to God himself? Now, do we see that and do we recognize that as Christians? Do we look at God in everything that we do? This is the first point that I want to bring up here. It's okay to question the faith. If it's okay to question your belief. But in your questioning, what is the purpose of it? Is it that you want to seek out who God is? Is it that you truly want to know who God is? Is it that you want to know the will of God? Or do you ask without faith? Do you ask by blindly asking these questions that you have? Now, we see something, we see another thing here. This group of people, you know, this brings me to my next point, this group of people that ask questions, this group of people that seeks out whether the teaching of Christ is from God or whether Christ is speaking on his own authority, just like how some men speak on their own authority without God. Now, the, this, 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 uh, the point that is here, that these very people are promised to succeed. Is this group of people are promised to succeed in their search. This group of people who wills is to do God's will, will succeed, will fully and truthfully understand Christ, who is God. To truly understand what He come to do, to truly understand what He has done for us on the cross. Know that there's something that is very interesting here. This is their full interest is in God. This group of people, this anyone referred here, their interest is in God, not mixed with lust of this world, not mixed with any other interests of this world. Their pure intent is for God. And with that pure intent, God has shown this group of people grace. That when they uh Sorry, when they learn of it, they will spend every moment to conform to it. You see, if the will is to do God's will, then when they learn about God's will, they will pour their whole heart into doing it. If anyone will is to do God's will, this should be us. We should be the ones seeking to do God's will. And since we are the ones seeking to do God's will, when God reveals His will to us, we should be actively doing it. Our wills has been changed by God to look towards Him, to want to do His will. And with that aspect, going in as a Christian, coming into this faith, we should do it. We should carry it on. When we, someone truly wills it, someone will do it. Someone will go in accordance to God's will. This is similar to a relationship. If someone will is to do other people's will, is to fulfill someone else's wishes. In some ways, we can phrase this that you'll go all out. When you get married, that person in a uh, in a couple relationship, you will go all out. In fact, even death. Sometimes when people live out a wish, write down a wish list to do before their death, you will go all out to accomplish it. What more than the Creator Himself? If you were to seek out the will of Him, will we do it all the way? And you see, we and we see this that they themselves have the faith. First, if anyone will 
is to do God's will. That in itself implies that he has faith in God in the first place. With that faith that he has in God, he will understand the teaching of God. He will understand the teaching of Christ. He will understand the authority which Christ has been given. Now, this is something that is rather incredible and rather hard to understand. How can we have faith without understanding? But yet, this is true when we look throughout Scripture over and over again. This has been suggested to us. Faith comes first before understanding and knowledge comes after that. It is only through faith that understanding and knowledge can be obtained through Christ Jesus. In fact, if we are prepared to please God, we will be taught these things. Because if you were to look at Hebrew chapter 11, verse 6, it says here, and without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. He rewards those that seek Him genuinely with faith, uh, by faith, with knowledge, understanding. How can man know God if he doesn't even believe in God? That is that very important message that has been brought to us here also. So this is that, you know, this is that first aspect of here. That whoever, whoever wills to do God's will, Christ promises him that he will grant him knowledge, wisdom, understanding about God. But yet, this is true also on the flip side. Most people today don't will to do God's will. They seek for their own desires. They seek for their own careers. They seek for their own families. And God is the least of their priorities in life. In fact, they wish and hope that there is no God at all. They wish that they themselves die and end with nothingness. They counsel themselves with that because the very truth and very fact is that if they die, they will be in hell. They will not know God at all. They will know God but not truly know Him as we have known Him to be. So, this is the first question that has been thrown to us. What do we will in our life? What, what do we wish to accomplish in our life? You know, since young, we have been asking about our aspiration, our ambitions. What do you want to do in the future? What do we want to be in the future? But right here, it suggests that our whole life, even our ambitions in our career, even what we want to do in the future, it revolves around this one aspect. This one dot in verse 17. For us to even know anything in the future, for us to even know to do anything, it should be the will of God. Therefore, our salvation bases upon it. And with salvation, we can understand so much more in this world that most people think that themselves understand. So that's the first aspect of it. What do we will? Do we question Christ's teachings? But on the basis of that questioning, is it seek for the will of God? Do we strive to glorify God in that aspect also? Because God's will, ultimately, what is God's will? is for us to glorify Him. And with that, we gain the benefits of fellowship eternally with Him. Do we recognize that? 
that our purpose as men is to glorify Him, not just in this life, but forevermore. We recognize that, that whatever Christ has promised to us, it is to the glorification of God Himself. So that's the first part that I want us to look at and for us to think, we think more a bit about. Now the next aspect of it is when we come to verse 18 itself. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. Firstly, we see here the character of common deceivers today. The one who seeks on his own authority seeks his own authority. That he speaks on himself. He does not have instruction. He does not have a he does not have authority. He has not been called to speak. He has not been given the warrant to speak. There was no inspiration, but there is all imagination of his own. That he speaks on such things. They speak on their own. There is no commission, nor there is instructions from God himself. Their own policy and it is artificial. This is common today that we see out there in the world especially much more clearly seen in the Christian faith itself. Not just overseas, but even in Singapore today, we see that they themselves speak with no authority because ultimately what do they do? They seek for their own glory and for their own honour. I have been to, I have been on visitations, not physically to local churches, but online. It's rather interesting that Online, right now, you can tell so much about a church itself. Because if you were to go to many, many cultic churches out there today who disguises themselves as charismatic Christians, you go there and go to their website, go to their Instagram, go to their social media page, you see great glorification, great honouring. But, but you recognise that they fall short on something. The object of their glorification, the object of their honouring. It is never God. I have scrolled through one of the websites, one of the Instagram pages of one of the local churches uh, in Singapore. Uh, it's, well, if you guys are curious, it is actually Heart of God Church. Yep. Nice name, isn't it? Heart of God, they want to do what is at the heart of God. But if you were to scroll through their Instagram page, I think for every 10 pages, one speaks about God. And of course, it speaks about Him falsely. Most of the time, who is at the page, the center of attention is the pastors themselves. The sentence, the, uh, the center of attention are the students who have been working and striving so hard for their examinations. They seek for their own glory. They speak without authorities. This is so true in the Christian faith today. It is so sad to say nonetheless. That people would rather honour themselves and honour each other than God. And in this very context, Christ is speaking about the Jews themselves. That they have those who are part of the Sanhedrins themselves. What do they do? They, do not, they are no longer an ambassadors of God. But they themselves have claimed, they have came to glorify themselves. The Pharisees mix up their own law. They twist the law of Moses to fit into their own likings. That they wish for people to look up to them as spiritual leaders instead of for themselves to look up to God as the main leader of the church. That they have missed the whole point of 
the Christian faith. They did themselves look inwardly. They did themselves look for their own glory and for their own honor. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. This speaks of Christ. The one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true. Recognize that Christ himself is God, but yet never once he seeks the glory for himself. He seeks the glory of the Father. And in a very similar way, the Father seeks glory for his Son. He's honor his Son, Christ Jesus himself. In the same way, the Holy Spirit does the same thing to the rest of them. Recognize that in the Holy Trinity, they never seek for their own honor and their own glory in a selfish manner that the world sees it as. But they seek the honor and the glory of each other. And our duty as mankind is to seek the glory of Him who sent Him and Him who has come to this earth to save us. This is our duty. And this is, our, this is what we are called to imitate. To honour God Himself. To honour God for who He is, for what He has done for us. For in Christ there is no falsehood. See, the contrast has been drawn here. That those who speak seek of his seeks for his own glory, speaks without authority, speaks rubbish, and speaks things to make people happy in this world. But truth hurts. The world knows that the truth hurts. Yet the world is unwilling to embrace truth itself. They rather leave deceitful lies in themselves. And when they look the pastors, they themselves, though see no falsehood, the great shepherd, though they see no falsehood in him, yet they choose to suppress him. It's truth. Choose to kill him. Choose to nail him to the cross. Now, this is a warning to everyone and this is also a call for an imitation of him. The ones who seek the glory of him who sent him is true. Now, in this context, Christ is speaking about the Father. Now, in our context, and in fact, let's not even go so far to ourselves, but look at in the context of the apostles. Who is the one who sent them? It is Christ himself. In them, there is no falsehood. Not to say that their life is perfect. In fact, even today, not to say that the pastor life is perfect. Yes, they fall. But yet what they speak, they speak with authority. They speak with truth. They speak with instruction that has been given to them. That ultimately draws to the one and only true God who has sent them. Christ Jesus who has sent them. Nonetheless, it's built upon the basis of seeking God's will. So I think this is something for us to think a bit more about as Christians, as young brothers and sisters growing up in church. We have seen many people, we have, we have seen and heard many people preaching. And more often than not, we can sense who preach with authority and who doesn't. Not to say that our church falls into that category. Hopefully not. But if you were to look around us, listen to other preachers, listen to the people around us, who speaks with authority? Who doesn't? Who seeks, who seeks to stand on the pulpit for their own glory? And who doesn't? And someday when you guys grow up, 
if you guys have the blessing of God to stand on the pulpit to preach, to stand in any form or any way to teach younger generations, do you guys seek your own glory? Or do you seek the glory of Him who hang on the cross to Him who crucified for the sake of your sin? The chiefest end of man is to glorify God. Do we remember that? Do we know that? Do we embrace that? And do we focus on that as our sole purpose of living in this world which is created by the Almighty Creator? So with that, I will end us off here today. I will leave us with this question to think about more. What's our purpose here? And who do we honor and glorify? So let me close us in prayer uh, yeah, for this session tonight. Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, that we thank you, Father, Lord, for granting us this opportunity to read through the book of John. Lord, as we continue to read through the book of John, we see that we are allowed to question the things that you have shown to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. But ultimately, we must base it on that we must have the understanding that we are seeking to glorify you, that we are seeking to seek the will of God, that we are not here to question for the sake of questioning, for the sake of giving an excuse to crucify Christ, but to seek, to honestly and sincerely seek out the will of God for us as men, for us as created beings. Lord, help us to glorify you and help us to honor you. That we may have humility in us, Lord. To see that we are all sinners saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we may look to Christ for salvation. That we may look to Christ to whom we are up to glorify. Help us to imitate Christ, to honor you, to honor the Holy Triune God. Who has created this world who has given the Son to save us from our own corruption. Grant the Holy Spirit, Lord, to read and understand your word continuously and teach us to obey it as true people who seek the will of God. Thank you, Father, once again for tonight. We pray always in Jesus' name. Amen.